0: Welcome to The Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Profit Podcast. How is it going? It's 11.46 p.m. Monday night. Just finished the Monday night game. A wild finish. My goodness. That was a an insane game. Here, here's how. Here's how my evening went. I um, I did my classes at college. Did some homework at the library. Studied up. Then this evening, I saw some economicist, economist, ec- economist. Econ. That's the that's the name of it, economist. For a second, I was about to say economicologist, but that's not a thing. Economist. I saw this economist who's who's, I guess, one of the best economists, Tyler Cohen. He's got a Wikipedia. He came to my college, gave a presentation on big tech, and I was like, that was interesting. So then I went to the gym and watched part of the the game on the TV on my little elliptical. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go home, probably study some more, get to bed. This game's over. I'll record the podcast. And then the game got good. <laughs> and I... uh. I had to wait to record because we had some very fantasy-relevant performances in this game. Lamar Jackson put up 40 points. Uh, Marquise Brown put up 33. Mark Andrews put up 41 points. I don't think I remember a tight end ever putting up 40-plus points in a game. Absolutely ridiculous night. And on the other side of the ball, Michael Pittman, came through, shows that wide receiver, one talent, 20 points, caught an impressive touchdown. And Jonathan Taylor, first off, took a screen on third and 15, 76 yards to the house. Insane play, if you watch it, the speed, full display there, his talent. But he finished the night with 31 points as well. So we just had a lot to to, to talk about. A lot has changed since uh, I originally planned on recording earlier today. But uh, we're going to get through this Week 5 recap as fast as possible because, you know, the Week 5 recap, it's really, in my opinion, should be the shortest show. It's just, a, here's what happened, here's notable stuff. All right, use this knowledge as you move on to the next week. Uh, you know, the, the Starts and Sits shows we get more in-depth. We talk more about, you know, players that I like and hate. But this is just a quick recap in case you did not have the ability to watch every single game like I did. You might have a life. All right. Rams-Seattle, we already talked about because that was Thursday night. So let's start things off real fast. New York Jets-Atlanta Falcons. No quarterback was exceptional in this game, Zach Wilson, though he was exceptionally bad. Uh, Man, he just does not look good. He's throwing wildly inaccurate passes. That's the only thing he's doing consistently. Say your thing seems to be rolling outside of the pocket, going his far right, and just chucking it really deep out of bounds. That's, that's his go-to play. Matt Ryan had a decent game. Um, you know, if you streamed him, paid off. Mike Davis, 11 points. This dude is very consistent, it seems. 10 to 12 fantasy points every week this season. Same snaps, same carries, same yards. A master of consistency. Now, the production's low. It's gross. But at least you know what you're getting with Mike Davis. Michael Carter put up a good game as well. 10 carries for 36 yards. 38 yards, my bad. Um, saved by a touchdown, really. And three receptions for 20 yards. This offense, I'm not really touching anyone on this offense in, in New York. Now, Atlanta's big player, Cordero Patterson, he came through again, 14 carries, 54 yards, very efficient on the ground, and then seven of nine receptions for 60 yards, put up 18 points, and that's without a touchdown. So I'm I'm staying in the flames probably throughout the rest of the season with Cordero Patterson because he's, he's getting his points in sustainable ways, receptions and yards. They're not even touchdowns that are boosting his scores. He's putting up good numbers without the touchdowns. And we saw when he does get a few touchdowns, the ceiling is absurd, 34 points uh, in week four. So Cordero Patterson staying in the flames. Kyle Pitts, he had his breakout. He got his breakout. We talked about it in the starts and sits. You know, we're talking big week for Kyle Pitts, and especially if you can't start him this week against the Jets with no other receivers healthy, you can't start him rest of the season until he does something and we finally get going into the bye some some reassurance about Kyle Pitts' rest of season. So that was great to watch. He looked special out there. That, that's the word I would use to describe that performance. If you haven't gotten to, just go on YouTube, type in like every Kyle Pitts catch week five and watch it. He's something else, something else. I'm excited to see what he becomes. Philadelphia, Carolina. Carolina blew this game. Sam Darnold reverted to his his old tricks. Uh, Three interceptions fell apart in the second half. Six fantasy points altogether. Jalen Hurts looked like, looked like, uh, I'm trying to think of an appropriate word. He looked bad. He looked very, very subpar. Very um, disappointing. Until the third, fourth quarter? Fourth quarter, was it? And he somehow scraped together 21 fantasy points. Jalen Hurts is the most consistent high floor quarterback right now. He has not played a full game in the NFL in which he has not scored 20 plus fantasy points. Who else is doing that? Who else is doing that? We haven't seen the, the ceiling like we'd hoped for yet, but he's still a quarterback six on the season. And that hasn't been any ceiling games or go whoa Tampa Bay beatable through the air that's good. We'll see what it does on the on the ground but but you start him every week no concerns and even if you're watching the game and saying oh man I made a mistake he comes back give me 5 minutes left in the game and he gets you 20 20 25 points. It's absurd. I hope that this offense get someone else calling plays, though. Because the play call in Philadelphia is just bad. It's screen passes for about 95% of the game. And it's frustrating to watch because they've got a talented deep threat uh, and a good running back and a quarterback who should be running and throwing deep. And instead, they just do these screen passes and refuse to let Miles Sanders touch the ball. It's very frustrating. So the fact that he is playing with this terrible play call where he's putting the whole offense on his shoulders because they refused to give it to Miles Sanders to relieve pressure off of him. And he's still putting up 20-plus points. Absolute steal of the draft he is looking like right now. Miles Sanders, he got more touches than he had the past few weeks. Uh, 11 touches, finally, which was up from when he got two and then seven. Uh, and, hey... He did well with him, 45 yards, four yards of carry, 4.09 yards of carry. He also saw five receptions for six yards. Look, Miles Sanders next week against Tampa Bay. I don't think I have the guts to start him. He hasn't shown us anything this season, except for week one. Uh, Tampa Bay has been great against the, the, the run game, especially running backs, and he's not getting enough volume for me to have confidence in him. Now, I said that last week about Miles Gaskin, and Miles Gaskin put up thirty points. So, maybe me saying I'm out, I'm benching Miles Sanders is just what he needs for him to succeed. Chuba Hubbard or Chuba Hubbard? I learned it might be pronounced Chuba Hubbard, which was disappointing to me because I like Chuba Hubbard. That just sounds great. So I'm gonna play play the the ignorance is bliss card and keep calling him Chuba. He looked great in relief of Christian McCaffrey. 24 carries, 101 yards, 4 yards per carry, uh, 5 of 6 receptions for 33 yards. No Christian McCaffrey, but he has proven to be a good relief back for McCaffrey, a good handcuff. He has shown that, okay, if you own McCaffrey, grab Hubbard, and if McCaffrey goes down, Hubbard, Hubbard, goodness, will put up some points for you. Uh DJ Moore finally fell back to earth. This offense just fell flat, especially in the second half. I'm not concerned about DJ Moore. Devontae Smith had another good game. Nothing crazy, but a good game. Seven of eight for seventy-seven yards. He did lose a fumble, so that hurt his fantasy output a bit. But against Tampa Bay, that weak secondary, I'm I'm starting Devontae Smith. I'm still happy about that. Zach Ertz is a a shell of what he once was. Green Bay is Cincinnati. Now, this game, my goodness, this game was so good. So good to watch. Samaj P. Ryan came in in kind of relief of Joe Mixon. They split the work up pretty evenly, and he put up 18 points. He put up a great game, 11 carries, 59 yards, and he found the end zone. Uh, both, Um, he had four receptions for 24 yards. That's where he scored. So he looked good in relief, Um, and Joe Mixon didn't look quite as good as he usually does. Um, he was working with some injuries, but he did find the end zone to save his day. Uh, now, what, what's worrisome to me here is that Samaje P. Ryan looked good in relief of Joe Mixon, so I'm now worried that Joe Mixon, once he's healthy, they still will try to get Samaj P. Ryan involved in this offense. I'm not saying that will happen, but the Bengals are known uh, for trying to give other people the ball on the ground game, not named Joe Mixon. And I just hope that that doesn't happen. So Samaje Piran coming out and doing well, from a fantasy perspective, kind of bad, kind of scary, a little bit scary. Because if he had stunk, Joe Mixon comes back fully healthy. We're like, okay, it's still his job 100%, like it was for the first four weeks. But with Piran looking pretty darn good, have to say maybe they work him into the offense which from a football perspective makes sense yeah if you've got a comparable running back who can put up some you know yards and it makes it so your other running back who's dealt with injuries won't get hit as much yeah of course you would play him but for fantasy a little a little worrisome AJ Dillon four of four receiving 49 yards and a touchdown very strange performance but that is two weeks back-to-back double-digit fantasy points for A.J. Dillon. He has not looked great on the ground. Uh, he only has one game where he averaged, you know, a solid number on the ground, 15 carries for 81 yards against Pittsburgh. But what is scary for Aaron Jones owners and nice for A.J. Dillon owners is that A.J. Dillon is getting more and more involved in this offense. He's seeing more target, uh, more targets through the air, more runs on the ground and more snap share. So he's going to maybe evolve into a flex play in decent matchups. However, this is something that I think we're going to see evolve over the course of like forever now. With 17 regular season games, that he, so 18 weeks, 17 games each team plays, I think that that extra game would add a lot of wear and tear on these running backs and they would not be healthy. So I think we're going to see a lot more teams kind of divvying out the workload for the running backs uh, and even going for a week, this guy's the main guy, uh, this guy's the main guy. And that's what we saw. I mean, Dylan was not even the the BP, the two-piece. He was the B-piece. I mean, the very comparable workload there. Same with Samaj Piron, 11 carries to Mixon's ten. 10. It wasn't really the sort of tandem situation you expect where they come in in relief for, you know, five carries. I think we're going to see a few more games from each team where they really split up the workload pretty evenly just to keep these starting running backs healthy for the full season. Devontae Adams, holy smokes, 206 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. No, 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 no. 11 receptions, 16 targets. Man, alive. His target share, I believe, I saw was 37 Percent, which is <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. 37 points, uh, 206 yards, his first 200-yard game. Honestly, a little surprised that he hasn't notched 200 yards. But um, top three fantasy wide receiver rest of season. You know what you were getting when you drafted him, and he's the reason why I am comfortable taking a wide receiver in the first round. Jamar Chase, though he's the real deal. Six of 10 for 159 yards and a score. Made some great plays. He got the deep 70-yard touchdown, but he also had a toe-tapper on the sideline, then a one over the middle where the ball flew up out of his hands and he grabbed it. great concentration. Jamar Chase is the real deal. The number seven wide receiver right now in PPR leagues. He's having basically the second best start to a rookie season for a wide receiver of all time. It's not that surprising. He was one of the best college wide receivers. Uh, And then he came to a team where they plugged him in as the wide receiver one. So Jamar Chase having this early early breakout is not genuinely surprising. It's just really awesome to watch him succeed this early. And against Detroit, he's going to have a massive game. Now, Baltimore, maybe not as big, but he should be fine. And then he gets the Jets. That'll be a big game. And then Cleveland. So he's got some very favorable matchups coming up. And Jamar Chase, I feel like people still might see him, value him as a wide receiver too, who's doing well, better than he should be. And if your Jamar Chase owner isn't kind of recognizing this is a bona fide top 12 wide receiver with top five upside for the rest of season, and he's valuing him as still, you know, a rookie who who's questionable, even though he's producing, because some people it takes a while for for players to make an actual impact in their mind, then you might go try to trade for Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's not a buy low by any means, but we don't know how your Jamar Chase owner in your league is thinking of him. So just air some offers out for there, for Jamar Chase, because I think he's a special player, and in these favorable matchups, I think he could have some absurd games, especially as this offense leans on him more and more. New England, Houston, what a Mills had one of the best games as a rookie against Bill Belichick, which is very funny to me. Uh, The running backs, Damien Harris was on his way to a big game and then he fumbled on the goal line and he probably won't be seen again in in a Patriots uniform. I heard that he Ubered back to New England after that. And uh, none of the receivers in this game except for <laughs> Chris Moore. I had to click on him because I didn't even recognize who he was. Chris Moore in his first first game this year. 21 points. Five of five for 109 in a touchdown. I wasn't expecting that. I don't think anyone was, but hey, that's that's how fantasy works, I guess. You know, sometimes sometimes things happen. I'm trying to see. When this guy played, where did this guy come from? Okay, so I guess he played a little bit for uh, Baltimore back in 2018. Nice to see him having a little bit of a comeback. That's nice to see. Uh rest of season outlook for Chris Moore. I'm not interested at all. Chris Moore is, that's where I know the name. Chris Moore is the name of a a parent I know, a father I know in the in the homeschool community back when I was in high school, actually elementary school, middle school, high school, he taught a class that was like how to be a man where he taught you how to tie ties. So he owns a paint store too. Um, Just a little tidbit of fun facts for you all about my personal life. Not that that father was like a big part of my personal life, but just, yeah. okay, let's move on. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Urban Meyer. I had my money on Urban Meyer being the first coach to be axed from a job. And then Gruden uh, did some, some things that are worse than what Urban Meyer's done, which <laughs> uh, Gruden turned out not to be a great guy. I, I don't know what it was. It was something about that guy's face, something about his hair, which I can't say. I've got a bowl cut right now. But something about him screamed, if there's a closeted racist homophobe in the league, it's me. Something about him, I, I think. I I always get weird vibes when when coaches or anyone's like, I miss the good old days back when football. You know, you, you know he he gave off those those vibes. He was talked about stuff like that, and also he was terrible. I mean, they didn't win. Took a one hundred million dollar contract, and then left without getting a over five hundred records. So, too bad for him. But also, he was a bad person and a bad football coach. So I don't really feel too bad for him. I feel worse for the people that he uh, traumatized. Anyways, Urban Meyer, also a terrible coach and not a, a great judge of moral character, I suppose. But Trevor Lawrence put up a decent game, 21 points. James Robinson, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer again. I'm just, I might just rant a little bit. So, okay, okay. Let's Let's talk about this real fast. James Robinson, great game. 18 carries, 149 yards, and a touchdown. We can do the math. He was averaging eight yards a carry. That is amazing, right? Okay. Now, he didn't really get any touches in the second half, which I was watching some of this game live, and I was like, this is kind of weird. James Robinson's averaging eight yards a carry. He's not really getting the ball now. What's, what's going on? And then Jacksonville... <laughs> This is when the game is very much in range for Jacksonville to win. It's, it's reachable. They are on the one-yard line of Tennessee, and it's fourth and one. Do they have Trevor Lawrence, who's having a good game, try to get the ball to LaVisca Chenault, the playmaker, or someone else, or run it in because he's been doing well running, and he's like six five. He can do a quarterback sneak, right, right, right? Or do they give it to James Robinson, the guy averaging eight yards a carry? the rookie phenom last year, who's having a great season this year. No. They run it with Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. And guess what? Carlos Hyde doesn't get it. He doesn't get the touchdown because he's not a very good player right now. And do you know (laughs) what Urban Meyer said when asked about why Carlos Hyde ran the ball there and not James Robinson? Do you know what this man said? The head coach of the NFL team his quote was, "I don't micromanage who's on the field." I, I'm speechless. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend I know everything about the NFL and the operations and the roles of every you everyone, but really, really? And even if that's something normal, you're going to word it that bluntly, that poorly when you're already on the hot seat because of, you know, losing every game and also not flying back. I just, come on, man. Yikes. So James Robinson, long story short, should have had a way bigger game, but Urban Myers incompetence got in the way. Looking forward, James Robinson is an RB1 that I love. All righty. Oh, we're going to talk a little more about the stupidity of this Jacksonville team. LaVisca Chennault, everyone was high on him this week because he's a great player. He's a great slot receiver who forces missed tackles like it's nobody's business, breaks tackles, yards after catch machine. And he's just struggled to get the ball because they just don't use him enough. And then DJ Chark goes down with injury. And last game against Cincinnati after Chark went down with injury, Chenault had a massive game. So we we go, okay, against Tennessee, a bad defense, Chenault, easy start, easy boom. They move him out of the slot position to a position he doesn't play and put put, <laughs> put Jamal Agnew into the slot position and then target Chenault three times. And on the one that they actually connect with him, guess what happens? He, he runs at 58 yards. 50 are almost scores, set them up in scoring position, and he doesn't get the ball again. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. It's just terrible coaching, terrible scheming, terrible play calling by this Jaguars team. And at this point, I'm done with Chanel. I'm done with him. And it's not because I don't believe he'll have a good game. He will. He'll have some good games. He'll have some blow-up games. It's not because I don't believe he's talented. He's talented. I know that. But at this point, I'm just going to move on until something has changed in Jacksonville because I don't want the frustration on my team. Even if he has 20 points next week, I don't want it. I don't want the frustration. The next week when he puts up two, this team is a dumpster fire. The coach doesn't know how to use their players. They've drafted poorly. They've, they've made every wrong decision. And I just want out of it except for one guy, and that's James Robinson. All right. On Tennessee side of the ball, Tannehill didn't do much, but Derek Henry did. 130 yards and three touchdowns on 29 carries. He's on track for a disgusting amount of carries. I saw somewhere it's about 800. Um, And 29 carries, that gets him a little closer. 31 points. He's a beast. What can you say? A.J. Brown, though, a bad game. A bad game in his return. Six targets, three receptions, 38 yards. I would be trying to buy low on A.J. Brown. I would be trying to buy low on him. Because here's the thing. He's got Buffalo coming up. That's not a favorable matchup. People with A.J. Brown are freaking out because he hasn't put up a good game yet this season. Then gets Kansas City and Indianapolis, games where he can rebound, games where he can have big games. He's still extremely talented. He's still an athletic freak. He's still a great player. Just hasn't happened yet. Just hasn't connected. And I think I think things will change. Um, and A.J. Brown's value is at an all-time low. Go try to grab him. Okay, Detroit, Minnesota, bad performances from the quarterbacks. Alexander Madison, though, he was great. He's, he's a lot closer to Dalvin Cook than people like to think. I'm not saying he's, he's super close to Dalvin Cook, but he's a lot closer than people like to think. He was very good this week. 7-7 to in receiving for 40 yards and a touchdown, 113 yards on the ground as well. Averaged A very solid 4.5 yards per carry. DeAndre Swift, incredible game again. 22 points, 11 carries for 51 yards, 4.6 on the ground, a carry. And a touchdown and then 6-6 for 53. He currently leads all running backs in receptions. Uh, He's efficient on the ground. He's a great receiver. He's a great player. That's why he was profit approved. So DeAndre Swift continued to value him as what he is, a a running back one. Justin Jefferson had a big game. Finally, getting on track now. With well, honestly, he's been on track this whole season, but he's moving up as the wide receiver eight now in fantasy. I think uh, against Carolina, he'll have another big game. Uh, Justin Jefferson, he was profit proved one of my favorite players all off season. I think he will move into the top five pretty soon at the wide receiver position. Nineteen points last week, and Thielen sadly didn't get the 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 two touchdowns he needs to be fantasy relevant. And if he doesn't do that, he's not going to have a great game. Um, Amon St. Brown had the game for Detroit. 13 points. Am I chasing those points? No, it's futile. It's a futile effort to chase the the points for the receivers in Detroit. All right. Denver, Pittsburgh. Uh, Quarterbacks didn't do too much. Najee Harris, incredible game once again. He finally looked good on the ground. Past two weeks, he's looked very good on the ground. This week, though, especially 23 rushing attempts, which is the most he's had all season. Um, 122 rushing yards, 5.3, a carry on the ground, a touchdown. Didn't see as many targets, uh, only five, but that's still great for a running back. Um, he didn't play at the very end because of some cramping, but against Seattle, he should have another 20-plus point game. He is a bona fide top eight running back in PPR leagues. He's a beast. Javante Williams, eight carries, 61 yards, broke off a big one, three for three receiving and 25 yards. He was very close to a... a fantasy breakout. He was about three inches shy of a touchdown, a 50 yard touchdown. So Javante Williams, I'm still saying the breakout is on its way. It's coming. It'll be later this season, but he's too talented for him to not break out at some point. And I want him on my roster for when it comes. He's slowly getting more and more volume and more and more production. and I think he will break out. Cortland Sutton, 711 for 120 yards and a touchdown. He is a beast. He has now he's going the longest without a dropped target. I think it's 37 receptions with no dropped uh, target. He has put up some great games, uh, 2 24 point plus games this season. He's a little inconsistent because his team is a little inconsistent, but he as a player is great, and he should be considered a high-end wide receiver too rest of the season. Same with Chase Claypool, honestly, at this point. um, he, he missed week four, but then week three, he had 18. This week, 24. And with Juju gone, I think Claypool should be, you know, valued as a wide receiver too. He and Deontay Johnson both uh, because this offense still likes to pass a lot, and they're just going to see – volume. Like, it's nobody's business. Same with Nashi. That's how this offense is going to work. Tampa Bay, Miami, Brady, incredible game. 411 yards, five touchdowns. He's having maybe the best season I've ever seen him have. Leonard Fournette finally got in the end zone, like we called. Uh, 12 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And then 43 receiving yards on four receptions. Great game for Fournette. He's a solid RB2. Miles Gaskin, 10 of 10 as a receiver for 74 yards and two touchdowns, only five carries for 25 yards, but man, he got it done through the air, 31 fantasy points. He was really the only bright spot on this offense, Uh, but uh, can we trust him moving forwards? I mean, he's got to be back in your lineup. He's got to be back in your lineup because that receiving work is unreal, unprecedented, and Jacksonville, Coming up this week, which has been torched by running backs recently. And then Atlanta after that, which Cordero Patterson uh um uh, they've they've had some practice against receiver running backs in Cordero Patterson, but they're still getting torched on the ground and through the air by receivers. So two straight matchups where I'm very interested in Miles Gaskin starting, and then he gets Buffalo, and then he comes back against Houston. So I really do think Miles Gaskin is someone that we should be starting rest of season unless he busts again. But based on that receiving work and the matchups, I don't think he'll really bust again. Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. My goodness, he had himself a field day. Seven receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Evans also had a field day, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Godwin didn't get as much done Seven receptions for 70 yards. Still not going to complain about that if you own him. This Tampa Bay offense was clicking. All three got a lot of production. And as long as Gronk is out, all three of those receivers will be starting in my lineups. And it's kind of going to go weekly roulette between who has the biggest game. Uh, But but all three are starting as long as Gronk is out. Washington and New Orleans. Jameis Winston had a good game. 24 points. Uh, he's always risky, but, but he can be a good streaming option, but he is always risky. Um, they go into the bye. But Alvin Kamara had a great game, 29 points, two touchdowns, 71 on the ground. Everyone was freaking out last week because he didn't have the receptions. Came back this week, eight targets, five receptions, 51 yards, and a score. Settled all the, all the minds of those who are panicking about him. Antonio Gibson also gave us a nice, a nice performance. That was nice of him because we were all freaking out because he's been a little lackluster. This report comes out that his shin is broken. I don't know how you break a shin. But uh, then he put up 21 points. So we're happy. Uh, Two touchdowns. I would probably try to move on. Well, actually, I was going to say I'd try to move on from Antonio Gibson because he's not as productive on the ground as we'd like, and he's pretty touchdown dependent right now. But he has Kansas City this week. So we're starting him this week. And then I will probably try to move on from him and sell him high after two good weeks. Callaway, big game. Deontay Harris, big game. Am I chasing the points there? Nope, it's who gets the deep ball from Jameis Winston. What I am interested in, and I want to mention right now, Michael Thomas will probably be back after this bye week. This bye week is week six. Week seven, Seattle. Michael Thomas will probably be back. And if not, he'll be back the next week against at, at, at week eight. And they're playing Tampa Bay. And then they play Atlanta and then Tennessee. So Michael Thomas could kind of come in this offense that's pass heavy and yards heavy. And he might instantly be a top 15 wide receiver again. And that's kind of the floor because we forget how great Michael Thomas has been when he's healthy. Michael Thomas has been the best wide receiver in fantasy when he's healthy. So try to trade for him. Uh, off of someone who's been stashing him and now is like, oh, he's coming back, but isn't valuing him as high as they should. And then uh, Terry McLaurin didn't do much. Still 11 receptions, though, or 11 targets, for receptions for 46 yards, but couldn't couldn't have a great game against New Orleans this week. But the fact that he was targeted 11 times means that I'm not worried whatsoever. Chicago and Vegas. Vegas's coach is gone after a disappointing loss to Chicago. Um, no one did well in this game for Vegas. Um, and Damien Williams was a good RB, 2 And that's it for Chicago. Yikes. 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 Allen Robinson is not a must-start. No matter what anyone else tells you, Allen Robinson is not a must-start. He has not been a stud. He has one game over 10 points this season. He scored 10.4 in Week 2 against Cincinnati. These are PPR scores. So... He has is not a startable asset right now. Don't start Allen Robinson right now. All righty. Cleveland. Oh, and one more thing. I don't think we need to roster Justin Fields anymore because he's not running the ball. He's not running the ball. I thought he would. Week two when he had 10 runs. But since then, it's been three runs, three runs, three runs. If he's doing that, he's not going to be fantasy relevant this season. All righty. Los Angeles, LA Chargers versus Cleveland Browns. This game was absolutely phenomenal. Baker looked a bit better, still struggled a little bit, but all around got it together a bit. Justin Herbert had a, he had a great day. 398 yards and four touchdowns and then a rushing touchdown as well. Put up 42 points on the week. This is the type of game that makes you say he's closing in on that elite Mahomes, you know, Lamar level of fantasy production. Uh, He's the number four quarterback right now. He started off slow with 12 points, 14. But after that week two performance, it's been lights out for Justin Herberts. He got Baltimore, which should be a high-scoring game. So, yeah, keep considering him an elite option. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both got it done. Chubb, 21 carries, 161 yards, and a touchdown. On 12 carries, sixty-one yards, two touchdowns, and then five receptions once again for 28 yards. Anyone tells you to get rid of Nick Chubb or say that you should sell him high because he's the RB2, don't listen. This is not an RB1, RB2. These are two RB1s that they use differently, and they're both great players, and they're both great in fantasy, so don't part with either. Austin Eckler, my goodness, what a game. 30 points from Austin Eckler. Uh, he was aided at the end by the uh, the the Cleveland Browns defense. They dragged him into the end zone, and he was trying to stop at the one yard line to drain the clock. But he is the number two running back in PPR League. Someone asked me a little bit ago on TikTok. They said, "Why don't you ever talk about Austin Eckler?" There's not much to talk about. He is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it's it's. We all know you start him and you expect his his points from touchdowns PPR. He's he's just a great running back. He's a great player and a really likable dude. So there's just not much to say apart from the obvious. But I will give him a little praise. Kudos to Austin Eckler. You're having yourself a season. Mike Williams. I guess he's the wide receiver one in this offense. 16 targets. They said they were going to give him the the Michael Thomas role, and that is true so far. I mean, these targets are absolutely ridiculous. 12 targets, 10 targets, 9 targets, 4 targets, 16 targets. He's producing... He's getting wide open against Cleveland, but this happening in other games too. Mike Williams is the number two PPR wide receiver and number one wide receiver in standard leagues. He is a must start right now, must start. And Keenan Allen is getting uh, not much done in terms of fantasy. Like He's great in real life, but fantasy production isn't there uh, because Mike Williams and Austin Eckler are so prolific scorers but Keenan Allen is a lower-end wide receiver, two right now in PPR leagues. David Njoku, welcome back. I picked up David Njoku last week for no reason. My uh, tight end, Logan Thomas, hit the IR, and I was just looking through the tight end wasteland, picked up Njoku, won me a game, 27 points from David Njoku, so very pleased with that. Uh, if you streamed him last week, stream him again. Why not? Uh, tight ends are hard to predict. Might as well stay in the flames with the one you've got. Alrighty, Arizona and San Francisco. Pretty poor game from both quarterback in terms of fantasy. Not much was done. Um, not much from the running backs either. Uh, Hopkins got 20 points. He's a freak of nature. I don't know how he catches everything that comes his way. The, saved himself at the end with a touchdown. Uh, before that, it was a pretty mediocre fantasy outing. Rondale Moore, pretty mediocre 14 points, except for he's a waiver wire. So whenever a waiver wire does that, you, you want to grab them. He had three carries for 38 yards and then five or six receptions for 59 yards. He looks so good after the catch. And then he made one of the most impressive plays I've made, I've seen this season. A deep bomb from Kyler Murray he was interfered with and then had a remarkable toe tap grab as the ball was about five yards out of bounds. So Rondale Moore, get him on your roster. Get him on your roster. Just make sure he's on your roster. I'm not saying start him. Just get him on your roster. Giants-Dallas, we're going to talk a bit about this game. So let me clear the... There's Ezekiel Elliott, great game. Pollard, great game as well. Zeke is the RB1. Pollard is the RB2. And treat them as such rest of the season, as always. All right. Saquon out probably three to four weeks, I would expect with an ankle injury, gruesome looking injury, Uh, pretty pleased that it wasn't a season ender. Devontae Booker looked good in relief, but I'm not exactly excited about Booker. Um, I mean, when Saquon was hurt earlier this year, he was putting up two points. So I'm not chasing the points with Saquon. But here's who I want to talk about. Okay, wait, one more thing. Lamb, great. Cooper, great. We all know it. Okay, let's move on. Kadarius. Tony, this was one of the like best timed breakouts I've I've had. I made a podcast. I made a podcast Saturday afternoon saying Kadarius Tony makes my heart tingle. That was the name of it. And then he dropped twenty nine points. So I'm pleased with that timing on his part. But if you haven't, go watch the tape or type in YouTube Kadarius Tony All Catches Week Five and watch this man play. He is special. That's, that's the one word you have to describe it. He is just a special player. He's a playmaker. He's what the Jaguars wanted in ETN, a playmaker, someone who just breaks the game open. He had 189 yards, breaking the Giants record for a rookie with most receiving yards in the game, Odell Beckham, 185 yards. So he's in good company. This offense seems to be in love, too. You got to keep that in mind. This coach did not shy away from making the game plan about him basically. I mean thirteen targets. He hauled in ten of them, 189 yards. And he was about he was about an inch away from putting up a touchdown. So Kadarius Toney, he had a he had a ankle injury. It's not supposed to be significant. Keep an eye on that. Um he might miss this game, but but keep an eye on that. Kadarius Toney, if he's healthy, should be a flex because there's no one with that upside. There's just not many players. Okay, there are a few, but there's very few players with that upside. And Galladay will miss some time. Saquon will miss this some time. Jones should be back. It's going to be the Kadarius Tony show if he's healthy. This offense will be the Kadarius Tony show, just like it was the Odell Beckham show several years back. They hyper-targeted him. And he was talented enough as a playmaker to make it work. Now, it probably won't result in a ton of wins. Let's be honest. It probably won't result in a ton of wins. But it will result in a ton of fantasy points. So if he's on the waivers, drop as much fab as you can. I would be fine blowing about 75% of my budget on him. Get him on your roster. Hopefully you grabbed him beforehand because I warned you. But if he's healthy, he should be starting. I don't care who he has to replace. You should be starting. All righty. Buffalo, Kansas City, Mahomes did not look great. Fantasy football perspective, I'm not freaking out. I'm not panicking. He's still, you know, top two quarterback. (laughs) Josh Allen, though, finally had a massive game. Well, he had a massive game earlier, but, you know, people were worried that he was going to be more inconsistent. Didn't matter for him. He's got Tennessee coming up next, then Miami, Jacksonville, Jets, Indianapolis, Oh, man, his schedule is a cakewalk. Hopefully you were able to buy low on Josh Allen after a few slow games. Uh, If not, and you have Josh Allen or kept him, congratulations. He will probably finish now top three for sure. I I might say top one, like number one, uh, based on the schedule. We'll see, though. Moss and Singletary, not usually starting either. Uh, Didn't do much. The Kansas City running back rooms a disaster. Williams is the guy you want to, to pick up. If you can get anyone, it's Darrell Williams. He's been decent when he's had to start. He's pretty efficient. Um Washington and Tennessee and Giants, so he's got some favorable matchups with Clyde Edwards Layer out. But McKinnon will be involved as well. But Williams is the guy to own, so get him on your team. Diggs um should have had a touchdown. He started showboating about 10 yards. Early. Um, so he only had two receptions, made the most of it. Well, kind of made the most of it, sixty-nine yards, or what was it, sixty-five yards on one of them. But he should have had about a hundred yards and touchdowns. So disappointing game there. Manuel Sanders seems to be the touchdown guy here in uh in Buffalo. He's pretty unpredictable, pretty inconsistent, nine points, six points, twenty-six, thirteen twenty. So he's kind of a boomer bust flex uh flex option my opinion. Uh, he's he's the type of guy where you go, I'm projected to lose by 30 points. So you put in Emmanuel Sanders and hope he gets a two-touchdown game. Tyree Kill, disappointing. Hardman got it done, 16 points. Uh, I don't have any new opinions on this Kansas City receiving core. I think Josh Gordon looked good and will get more involved, but you're probably not going to be starting him for a while. Dawson Knox, breakout time. Uh, number two tight end now, Three great weeks back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Tennessee coming up. He should keep that up as well. Travis Kelsey, as always, is a beast. And then the final game to talk about, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Colts. Lamar Jackson led them on an incredible comeback victory, threw for 442 yards and four touchdowns, rushed for 62 yards and 14 carries. Lamar Jackson needs, needs to be considered a top-five quarterback as like a given. That he is top five without like any um, order. Like people would probably put Kyler Murray ahead of him. No, Lamar Jackson is so proven as now an elite passer and elite runner. He has to be considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Jonathan Taylor, he's my bold prediction right now. Like we're way too early to talk about this, but I would probably have him as my preseason number one running back for twenty twenty two based on the usage going up and up, and his offense getting a little more competent. Uh, If I had to make rankings right now, I might make him my number one running back for next year. Baltimore's running back backfield is impossible to figure out and frustrating. At this point, I'm not going to try. I'm cutting ties with everyone there. I'm just sick of trying to predict who gets the carries, and then this week, no one got the carries. It's absolutely dumb, the usage, the timeshares. Make no sense to me. So I'm not going to try to predict it anymore. Michael Pittman, the wide receiver one season continues for him on the Colts. Uh, he's been great. He's been very great. Uh, he should be owned in every league, which is not true. He's owned in 82%, but he should be owned in every league. Against Houston, he should be started as a wide receiver two. Against San Francisco, probably lean away. He's got Tennessee Jets, Jacksonville. So very excited about that. And then he gets Buffalo, but then Tampa Bay, Houston, bye. So, yeah, uh, Michael Pittman, own him, and you will probably want to start him as at least a flex rest of the season. Marquise Hollio brown we talked a lot about this breakout coming up in the offseason. We talked about it actually last year, how, hey, look, ever since like week 12, he's been great. The breakout this season has been unreal. 19 points, 23 points. We talked about the drops in week three that held him down to eight, but then 19 points, and then 33 points. The upside is ridiculous. He's developed into a great receiver, a great deep threat, a guy with very good hands, apart from some rare drops. But Marquise Brown is the main target, apart from, um, uh, man, what's the name? I can't think. Mark Andrews. Um, and, and he's a great player at this point. He's just a great player. 9 of 10 for 125 yards and two touchdowns. He's a wide receiver one. And he should be considered one in fantasy. He shouldn't be a decision between someone and Marquise Brown as your flex. No, start him. He has too much upside, and he's really only had one bad week. But the volume has been there. So uh, Marquise Hollywood brown great breakout season. Love to see it. And then Mark Andrews, I don't even know what to say. 11 receptions for 147 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. People were a little panicked because the season has been rocky so far for Andrews. He hasn't been the, the tight end one that you expected coming into this game. He was the number 15 tight end. That changed today. That changed today. Uh, yeah, man, that's probably the best tight end game I've seen in fantasy. So congratulations to every Mark Andrews owner this week for winning in what might have been a really amazing comeback victory. Both these defense, I want to shout them out. Uh, Colts, negative two points, Ravens one. So that's fun. All right, that's going to wrap up this week five recap. Week five is in the books. Can you believe that? We're making making good time on the season. It's going by too fast. But uh, but a good week of football, a great week of watching football. I mean, we had so many games come down right to the wire. I'm so excited to kick off uh, week six pretty soon, talking about the starts and sits in some some trade candidates and some players that I've got my eyes on. And uh, yeah, I will see you all next time.